Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. Guess what yesterday was? Nope. Had that already. It was Tuesday. Nailed it. It was, yes, it was Katie and I's eighth anniversary. We've been married for eight years. What's that? Yes, Amelia was there at our wedding. I was crying. <clears throat> I was like bawling my eyes out before, out like in, in front of the church doors before uh, we went, walked in. And my mom was looking at me like, Uncle Randy's going to hit you with an X, boy. Like, you, don't, you better stop crying, you know what I'm saying? Now, she just didn't understand. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I'm really trying here, Mom, to hold it together. And, um, but it was, it was amazing. I ended up getting down the aisle, and thank God my little uh, nephews, I mean, they're not little anymore, they're jack, huge, handsome dudes, but um, they were little at the time, and <clears throat> they, uh, they totally screwed up pulling out the, like, the runner, you know, that the bride walks down on, like, you have some cutesy kids that are in your family that you want to be a part of it, they're, like, either the ring bearer, or you, like, find them another cool job to do, you know what I'm saying? And so my nephews, like, walked up the aisle in their little suits and everything. And they had to pull, like, that, that little runner. You guys know what I'm talking about? Girls are all like, yeah, of course. We, like, dream about weddings all the time. These are the ten things you didn't know about girls that we do all the time. We don't race peeing in the toilet. We think about our wedding day in 25 years or whatever. No, so the, the little boys in the suits, they start pulling down the thing, and it just totally fails, like, mega big time get stuck on the side, and they're like little kids trying to pull this thing. So it was totally the Lord. It was like, it was extra, extra for me, because otherwise, like, in all of our pictures and through the whole ceremony, I would have just been, like, snotting and, you know, weeping. It would just been really bad. I don't know why that happened, other than I was just, like, overwhelmed with thankfulness and happiness and, yeah, that's the next list. That's for the next list. I don't even watch romantic movies by myself. I, I swear. I seriously do not do that. I seriously don't. Can I get some homeboys to, like, take off three of his legs really quick? <laughs> I don't know. It's Kevin Oakley. Who knows? Oh, Lord. No, so anyway, that was, that was a really good day eight years ago, May 17th. It's Ben and Marcy's anniversary next Tuesday. They're five years ahead of us, so we're chasing them. We met this couple from New Jersey that were on their 50th anniversary last night at the hotel we were staying at. Yeah, that's old. That was awesome. They're like, so what are you guys doing tomorrow? We're like going to work. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. We're like, yeah, I guess so. They're like, don't worry, in 40 years, you won't have to worry about that anymore. I was like, okay, I'll take your word for it kind of thing. So it's good. Life is good. Life is good, right? Do you want to just make a really positive declaration over your whole life right now? Come on. Say, life is good. Oh, come on. That was good. You just, like, broke some chains off of your, off of your heart and life and all kinds of things just happened there. Seriously. Oh, my goodness. That's what I, I really kind of want to talk about tonight. Um, your life 
has a lot to do with your perspective and uh, it has a lot to do with who you're serving and who's on the throne in your heart. You feel me? You fi- yeah, thanks, bro. Bam, that's what I'm talking about. You, one of the first, uh, I remember when I first got saved, um, which means that like I first accepted Jesus as my Savior, which means that I was totally set free from the, uh, the, like, the life that I had purchased for myself by sinning and walking away from God, which would have been eternity in hell. Does that sound like a good day? I don't think so. So that's why we say we got saved. You, you with me? You still with me? I got saved because there was somebody who had a strong enough arm to reach out into my darkness and pull me out of it. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened when I got saved. And I remember when I got saved, um, I really wanted to know this guy. Like someone just saved my life. Like when I was a little kid, uh, Kevin, you'll appreciate this. Um, my older brother and I, we were at like this cool, like, like natural water swimming hole thing. Um, it was, I don't know what it was. My, my uncle Dave took us there, not uncle Randy, but uncle Dave and uncle Randy was probably chopping wood, but uncle Dave was ready to hang out. So we went out and, uh, we blew up the Mark Martin, uh, inflatable raft, you know, number six NASCAR, old school stuff. That's what I'm saying. And I was more of a Dale Earnhardt guy myself, but what are you going to do? And, um, we blew up the Mark Martin raft, and, and my older brother was like, I bet you you can't walk the whole way across this water. Like, obviously not on the top, but, like, like I, we were both, like, kids. So you're just like, I bet you I could walk across without going under. Like, I thought I was really tall or something. I don't know. So I'm, like, walking. It's not like a creek. It's not even like a river. It's just, like, this big lake that was, like, had all these rocks around it. I don't know. I, I probably have a warped memory of it because I lost oxygen for a, a span of time. And so, like, I, he's, like, in the Mark Martin raft, you know, and he's, like, paddling next to me. And uh, I, I start going, and I'm, like, walking. I'm, like, yeah, the water's right here. And then it gets a little taller. I'm, like, I'm fine. I'm good. I take one more step, and I'm, like, boom. And I didn't know how to swim because I had this experience earlier. Like, I, I get myself into this crap with my older brother all the time. Younger siblings, anybody. Hey, how you doing? I'm with you. I know your pain. Sorry, Xavier, it's just a reality, bro. It's just a reality. Like, you follow older brother around when, you, when you're little, and he's like, I don't want to try this, but I'll get Trenton to try it first. I'll get, I bet you I want to find out if I can really walk across this lake, but to, to make sure, I'm going to have Dylan do it instead. You know what I mean? So an earlier occurrence was like, hey, I wonder if that ice over the creek is strong enough to hold my weight. Hey, Dylan, Dylan! <laughs> And so I'm like, you know, like walking, like, I'll do whatever you want. You're my superhero. Like, I, seriously. And so I, like, was, like, walking across the ice and just went boom and down. And the current, it was winter, so there was lots of water melting and different stuff. Obviously, the ice was melting, too. And I went under the ice, and I got trapped in this freezing cold water, and the current pulled me under. So I'm under the ice. Thankfully... I have an Uncle Randy who just happens to be all about wood chopping. So there was an axe nearby, and my older brother literally chopped me out of the ice and set me free. So I, was, I had a struggle with water for a long time. Like, that's why I was walking across the pond or lake or whatever it was, because I didn't know how to swim. Anybody not know how to swim in here? It's okay, Abijah. It's okay. You'll get there. Trust me. 
you will be set free. You will be set free. So, so still, like, I'm still traumatized, right? Anyway, long story short, I'm, I'm walking across the lake. I'm like, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden, boom, stepped off a cliff. The only thing I remember after that was, like, you know, maybe, I don't know, it seemed like forever, but it was probably only, like, 15 seconds of, like, flailing, and I'm going to die, and I don't know what's happening to me. And then, and some, like, gnarly redneck, like, pulled me up out. Like, he, you know, like, left ear pierced, goatee, red bandana, super tan, probably had some backer in his lip, you know, and tattoos everywhere. And he just, like, pulled me up out of the water, like this little scrawny eight-year-old boy, like, hey, boy, I got you. And I'm like, hey, you're my savior. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I'm talking about. Sorry, that was a random thought, but literally, this is, this is what I'm talking about. A savior, somebody who pulls you up out of your, out of your like, hopeless situation, okay? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? How many of you uh, have a Savior that, you, that, that I'm talking about? You know this guy that I'm talking about, Jesus. You know him? You know him? Yeah. You know him? Hey, if you don't know Jesus, if he's not your Savior, I want you to know that you can know him because he's always, always, always got his hand open, ready to lift people up out of wherever they're at. Okay? Always. Always. So, right after I had my salvation experience, I wanted to know this guy. Like, still... Like that guy who, the redneck guy with the backer in his lip who, who picked me up and saved me. Like, I would love to meet that guy somewhere th- today. Like, just like, you know how God knows who he is. It would be really awesome to walk into a coffee shop and sit down and, and have God be like, hey, you remember when you almost dr- drowned and died when you were eight years old? I don't know if that's how God speaks to you, but hey, whatever, you know. And, and just have him go like, well, there he is right there. And I would just like sit down and I want to know everything about that guy. I would want to know where he was from, what he was doing there that day. What did I look like when I was flailing around and drowning and dying? And what did I say to him? I would want to know everything. I'd want to, like, give him money. I'd want to, like, give him high fives, buy him a drink. I'd want to do everything for this guy. So I kind of got like that when I got saved by Jesus. I wanted to know him. I wanted, I wanted everything I could get out of, like, this relationship that I had automatically been pulled into because someone stepped into my life, and they just grabbed me, and they pulled me up. Seriously. That's cool. I know. You got, like, calluses and stuff, and I got, you got to pull them off. But, like, seriously, I wanted to know Jesus. Are you guys with me? Do you have a hunger to know Jesus? If you don't, that's okay, because the best part about it is that he actually will, he'll actually give you more of himself to make you hungrier for him. He'll keep, he'll keep giving you taste. No, trust me, I'm really, really good. Oh, no, trust me, I'm really, really good. Come and taste and see. That's what the Bible says. Taste and see and know that I am who I say I am, that I'm faithful, that I'm, I'm full of hope, that I'm full of life, and all this different stuff. So, one of the ways that you can know, know God and you can get closer to him is you read your Bible, right, Trenton? You, like, start reading the Bible. You can come to church. You can come to youth group like this. You can, get, you can have relationships with friends who are chasing after God that, like, that will, like, help you grow. Help you grow in God. So one of those things that I could do on my own was read my Bible, right? So I remember being at Graham Krause's house. Yeah, Graham Krause. She lives in the middle of nowhere, and she's got about 80 acres, and you know, she's awesome. And she's, she could. 
she should probably build a dirt bike out of corn stalks or something. Who knows? Graham Krause is the kind of person who, like, you fall. This is a true story when my dad was growing up. They're all hanging out, and it was a man takeover day, and they put one of the girl. What is that? Your mom? Okay. Mrs. Castanon, we're busy. So Graham Krause, it was like a man takeover, right? They, they put, like, our sweet cousin, Aureli. Obviously, this is just for the sake of the story. We're like, Aureli, come check this out. We're going to teach you how to ride horse bareback. We throw up onto the horse. This is so mean, but it's what little boys do when they're inconsiderate and they don't have that, like, connection in their head that, like, happens later in life, 28-ish, I hear. I'm still getting there, I think, totally. And they put her on the horse, and they, like, smack it on the rear, and it starts going down through the field. And you see her really just going, and she crash lands, breaks her arm, and she goes down to Graham Krause crying and saying her arm hurts, and she's oh, don't worry about a thing. You know what Graham Krause does to fix the problem? Opens up the medicine cabinet, pulls out a fresh pack of Band-Aids, slap that sucker right on there, you're good to go. Get back out there and play. That's the kind of Graham Krause that I'm talking about. That's exactly what she did. So <laughs> it's just fantastic and true. Um, like three days later when her mom come to pick her up from the weekend at Graham Krause's house, they went to the hospital and found out her arm was broken. You know, but Graham didn't care. She said, well, what? I mean, I put a Band-Aid on it. What else do you expect? It's fixed the problem, all right? I totally took care of it. And uh, so anyway... After I got saved, I remember being at Grandma Krause's house, sitting up in this little room, and literally, literally, there's barely enough room for a single bed because there's Mustang parts everywhere. Just seriously. I know, it's true, but they're the good kind, Kev. We got a 65 2 plus 2 Fastback, a 69 Mach 1. They're like legit Mustangs. But parts just everywhere, and it smells like gas, and that's where I would sleep. So it's true. And so I was, I was sleeping there reading my Extreme Team Bible, and one of the first verses that I memorized in the Bible was John 10.10. 10. Anybody know what that verse says? John 10.10. 10. Maybe that's the beginning. Maybe this is John 10.10 10 part B. It says that there's a thief. There's a thief in the world, right? And that he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Anybody have any idea who Jesus would be talking about? The devil, Gavin says, and he would be right. And Jesus keeps talking, though, thankfully, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't be much of a savior. He's, he's explaining the fact that there, it's like saying there are terrorists in the world, and they're here to steal and to kill and to destroy. But don't worry. I have come to give life so that you could have life, so that you could be free, so that you could have hope so that you could find peace so that you could know what it's like to be loved so that you could know what it's like to not be alone or feel alone so you would know what it's like to always have a friend and never feel like you're the only one left out to know what it's like to be known by someone intimately and not just forgotten about or or not cared for okay that's what it means when he says i've come so that you could have life and have it abundantly this is what we're talking about when i'm talking about extra extra John 10, 10. It's easy to remember. You can look it up, and then you'll know it for yourself. You know what's really cool about reading the Bible? When you read it in a book, you'll remember where you saw it. So even if you don't remember the John 10, 10 part, you'll go like, I know right about here and on this side of the page, and boom, right there it is. I can still picture it 
right on my page. And like I underline it or highlight it or whatever you got to do and know that like, okay, obviously there is an enemy in this world that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But thankfully, this Savior who reached down and pulled me up is here. And he's here not just not just for a once-in-a-lifetime once chance or whatever, like, oh, I got lucky and Jesus just happened to be walking by me that day when I got pulled up out of the waterfall or whatever. No, like, God knew that I was going to do something stupid and try to walk across a stupid lake because my brother told me to in the Mark Martin stupid raft thing. It would have been way better if it was a Dale, Dale Earnhardt one. And he, he knew that. And so this awesome redneck pulled me up and saved my life. This is... This is who God is. He is available all the time. Available right here, right now. To lift you up out of anything. Okay. So, I can say all that stuff all I want, right? And unless you have an experience with it, it doesn't really matter much. That's why he promised that he would show himself. That's why he promised. That's why his, like, that's why his, like, I don't know, his offer was taste and see. It wasn't hear and hope only. It was, it was maybe a little bit of, hey, you're hearing, this, hear, you're hearing me say this stuff right now, but that's not the end of the road. I'm going to show you. I'm going to make you taste it. I'm going to let you experience it yourself. And so we've got a couple testimonies that I just want to um, have some people share tonight that are taste and see moments. And so Lydia's going to come up now. We're going to have Jillian come up in a second. So give it up for Lydia. I think this is still maybe not on. Hook me up. Check, 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 check. This one is number one. Nailed it. Okay, so extra, extra means like things that you can't buy with money, things that you can't like work for and do on your own. This stuff is like God stuff. When God is on the throne in your heart, things happen that are extra, extra. So you have a story about that. I do. Um, when I was in, okay, a little backstory first. Yeah, backstory. When good. I was in fourth grade, um, my dad has a mental disorder called bipolar. And he had like a episode and it really hurt me and my mom so I've always had like this wall built up um, that I was never like fully I can never depend on him but I was having my Jesus time which is a great time let me tell you if you don't do it you should do it Jesus um, time that's awesome um, so I was um, praying and reading my Bible and all of a sudden God's like hey it's time for you to forgive him and just move, move on from that experience so I was like okay it's really hard because me and my dad don't really like talk. It's like, it's, it's weird. But so I went out into the living room and he was just watching TV and I was like, dad, I really have to talk to you. He's like, okay. Cause this is like odd for me to come and talk to him about anything. And he's like, okay. So I was like, um, I was having my God time, Jesus time. And I was like, he told me it's finally time for me to forgive you. And he's like, forgive me for what? And I was like, <laughs> You're like, uh. um, I was like, well, it's been going on since fourth grade. And he's like, that long? And I was like, that long. And I was like, um, it really hurt me and mom, but more so I think me because I was so young and I didn't understand and you're supposed to be my dad and my father figure and you're supposed to love me and protect me. 
but you hurt me. So I felt like I had this, I had to have this wall up, but God finally relieved me from that, and I was able to forgive you, and I just wanted to tell you that, and then we cried, and then we hugged, and we had a nice heart-to-heart, and it's just been so much relief after that, and it's been amazing. So awesome. Hold on. Don't go anywhere yet. That's so awesome. Come on. God, be glorified. That is so good. Okay, so, like, do you hug your dad? Like regularly? Is that a normal thing? No. No. I no. So he he actually had um, whatever it was that was in the wall in your heart was also like maybe there was a wall in his heart too yeah. that was like kind of separating relationship from you guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And so f- what you're saying is the extra extra was that God came and brought grace to forgive, mm-hmm. and and then it was like a restoration of relationship. Yeah. Or at least the beginning of it. It's the beginning. It's yeah. still kind of hard, but I have more, like, I'm more open to talking to him and hugging him. Yeah. And just, like, being able to just communicate, I guess. Come on. That's so awesome. Get, clap for God again. That is so, so, so good. Thanks, Lydia. That is so good. Okay, so, um, something I just want to, yeah, point out is, like, that, that is, that is the, the extra, extra stuff of God. Like, you can't do this kind of stuff on your own. Like, you can't just, like, I don't know, muster up something in, like, outside of the grace of being like, God, I, I just, I want to forgive my dad. Or, like, you know, like, you could have gone and hugged him, Lydia, and he would have been, like, could have just been, like, I hugged you in your face, you know, like, whatever. And he would have been, like, what are you doing? Don't touch me. But there was grace of God that was poured out, extra, extra, and forgiveness came and not only set your heart free, but it opened up a door to his heart again for a relationship. Ah, come on. So good. All right. So different kind of extra, extra. Jillian has a different testimony that I want her to share too. Come on. Give it up for Jillian. Still on? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Is this there, you got to okay. hold it up. Okay. So I'm just going to like do this quick, but I wasn't supposed to come then because I had like a project and, um, I was supposed to go to Giant to get, like, brownies to make for my project. And, um, Good project. Good uh, I'm, project. Like, I'm, like, going this way, but church is this way. And I'm, like, okay. Um, and I just keep going straight. And I'm, like, okay. Like, I guess I'm going to church. Like, this is awesome. And then once I get here, Dylan comes up to me. And he's, like, you want to share a testimony? And I'm, like, okay. This is cool. Yeah. So you were totally go. supposed to be here. Yeah. So that's what's pretty cool, you know? Okay. So, um, okay. So, is this on Wednesday? Okay. Okay. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll make this kind of fast. But um, two Wednesdays ago, I think. Was it two Wednesdays? Okay, two Wednesdays ago, um, I saw this girl. I was driving, and I saw this girl walking into church. And I didn't know her. I didn't know anything about her. But I felt like I needed to talk to her. But I, I didn't. And um, that Wednesday, I wasn't supposed to stay for church the whole time because school, you know. And I ended up staying the whole time. So... I was walking out, and all of a sudden, she just, like, she's walking out, like, right in front of me, so I'm like, okay, like, this is, this is awesome, like, what's up? <laughs> and then I'm walking out, and her cars are, like, parked right next to each other, and all of a sudden, like, something's in my head, like, I, it's obviously God, and he's like, talk to her, talk to her, come on, like, <laughs> talk to her. And I didn't know what to say, I felt really awkward, so right when she's opening her car door, I go up to her, and I'm, I, I'm like, putting my arm on her, on her, and I'm like, hi, like, I just felt like I needed to talk to you, how are you, like, are you okay, and all this stuff, and I asked her her name, she told me, and she wasn't okay, she told me she wasn't okay, so she started, like, crying, and she gave me a huge hug, and she was like, I'm so happy you came to talk to me, this is great, and 
that was the first Wednesday I came in probably a couple of weeks. I've been really busy, and I know I felt really guilty. Like, I just felt really guilty. And on my way home from church, um, I was like, okay, well, I wish I, like, I kind of was hoping I would do something more because I haven't been here in a while. And ended up that I'm in my car, and all of a sudden I'm, like, crying and laughing hysterically. Like, it's going, it's nonstop. It's like a 20-minute, 15, 20-minute drive home, and I'm, like, over here, like, screaming in my car. And alone, let me tell you, alone, it's so weird. <laughs> alone in my car, and all of a sudden, like, I'm just jamming out this music, and I'm crying, and I'm laughing. And all of a sudden, like, when I say crying, I've never cried this hard in my entire life. It's probably... Was it, it was a good ball, though? Yeah, it was a good ball. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, when I get to my house, well, not even when I get to my house, but I called Emma, and she didn't pick up, so I was like, okay, this is a, it's fine, she'll call me later. So... I call her again, she didn't pick up, I think, and then she called me, and I'm still in my driveway, it's like 20 minutes later, I'm, I told my mom I'll be in in six minutes, but I was in at 20, and I call, Emma calls me back, and I, <laughs> I pick up the phone, and I'm bawling, and I'm laughing, and she's like, are you okay? <laughs> but I think she thought I was in like a car accident or something, I don't even know, something, was, I don't know, she was just nervous, and I told her what happened, and she was like, I feel Jesus through the phone, he's in your car and I'm like looking around I'm like oh <laughs> my god when she said that I was like okay what's up I'm like are you back there I don't know it was really it was kind of weird but it was, it's okay and then all this stuff and I was in like 15 minutes later 20 minutes later and I walk into my house and I told my mom and right when she says hey are you okay I walk in and I literally I don't even know like I just face planted on my concrete kitchen floor to my knees and I started like bawling my eyes out for about 20 more minutes, okay, and I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, mom, like, I love God so much, and she's like, Jesus, give me some of that, or something, like, give me some of that, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, and I'm like, and I finally get up, and like, my, you know, I'm, I'm a mess, I look scary, okay, <laughs> so I get up, and I look scary, and all this uh. stuff, and then I, I, I told my friend about this, because he's like, he loves God, and he's all, like, all into this, and, like, I tell him everything that, I tell him everything that happens to me, and I told him, this was, like, 10.45 at night, and I told him, and he has this little, um, paper he reads every night, and at school, at, in the chapel, and he reads it, and he just got, he was just like, wow, that's so amazing, like, I'm just, I'm so proud of you that you told me this, like, this is awesome, so, um, I, he got out, I went to bed, because I, I just passed out right after that, I went to bed, and on his little paper, he read it right after I told him, on his little little paper, it says his goals. And his one goal is to make the mid-pen lacrosse team. And um, at 10.45, his coach randomly calls him and pretty much says, you made the mid-pen lacrosse team, right after he read the paper. And so, pretty awesome. And yeah, this was going on till third period the next day of me crying and laughing in my car on the way to school. So, so pretty awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Thanks, Jillian. <clears throat> okay, if you don't understand why, like, how that could possibly be a thing, like a happy ball, what is that? Like, don't people just cry when they're, like, really upset? Like, seriously, um, the Bible talks about in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, and so when the Holy Spirit decides to come and show you taste, a taste and see moment, like Jillian came, and um, I think this is so beautiful because, like what she said, if you, if you heard her say this, she said, I hadn't been to church for a couple weeks, so I felt a little guilty, right? Did you hear her say that? 
And so then she's like walking in and, and it might have even been like a little bit of that guilt that you saw this person and you're like, I should talk to her. But you're like, ah, but there's like that little film of guilt on you that kind of just like keeps you from following God's voice sometimes. At least that happens to me. I'm not trying to put that on you. But like sometimes when you just feel guilty, you don't move with God the way you should or the way that you know you can. And, and so anyway, she's leaving. She gets another chance, right? Okay, are you picking up on the nature of God through the, the actual story of our lives, the way that he reveals his actual character and the way he is? That, like, he gave her another chance, okay? How many of you ever needed a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a sixth chance? It says 70 times 7 and even beyond, that he would continually give you chances like that. So he gives her a second chance, reveals his kindness to, to her, right? And then you're, you're like, totally impacting uh, this, this other person's life just by simply asking, hey, are you all right? And then it's like, ah, I just don't need somebody to ask me that. You know, like, or whatever happened after that. Probably another separate, different kind of ball. But it was still good in the end, I bet. Just, just to have somebody ask this person that, like, somebody actually cares about me. Somebody's actually seeing me. You know what I mean? That's a huge, huge thing. You actually entered into the character and nature of God to reach out to her, you know what I mean, and touch her life. And then you're walking away from that going like, oh man, but I didn't really get what I needed or like I didn't really, I didn't taste and see tonight the way I wanted to. And you're like, it could be like because I haven't been coming to church and man, God's probably mad at me or whatever. And then boom, he shows up with his spirit that causes you to be totally free and total like you came unglued right like you i mean i'm talking like mascara meltdown you know like it's a chocolate lava cake of mascara all over your face and you're like face planting onto concrete Fa- who fa- you don't purposefully face plant on concrete you know like you wait till you get to the living room with the the fuzzy rug and stuff but no you have no choice you're just like face planting on the concrete and the best part about this is, like, in the midst of, like she said, quote, unquote, trust me, I was scary. In the midst of all of that, what happens is mom just goes, come here, give me some of that. Like, I want that. That's how you know it's, like, goodness and God. Because it's, like, this contagious spirit that's, like, total freedom, total joy, total peace, and this overwhelming presence of God, right? And she's like, give me some of that. I want some of that. All that to say that God is always, in my opinion, and I think this is true, He is always revealing Himself for the purpose of making relationship with you. He is always going to give you a taste. He's always going to reveal Himself for the purpose of showing that I'm actually, Serena, your father, and I actually love you, and I actually want to be personally relating to you. Uh, and, and I think that you love that about God, you know, that like you, you actually enter into that with your whole heart, like um, seeking him, finding him, enjoying him, all that kind of stuff. Guys, if you don't have, if you don't have a revelation understanding that God wants to have a one-on-one relationship with Isaiah, Isaiah, not, not for one group of all Isaiahs, no, he wants a relationship with this Isaiah and that Isaiah. It's got to be personal, and he'll show yourself like he did to, he'll, he'll reveal this extra, extra like he did for Lydia and for Jillian to you for the sake that you would know that God desires 
to be close to me. God desires to know me. Check this out. One, like, seven-word, maybe 13-word quote um, from this book that we're all, a couple of us are reading from Sean Boltz. It says that we would rebel under any authority that isn't relationally driven. We would actually, you would actually throw off this, like, this feeling of, of authority. Like, so many times, um, especially in church, you get this feeling like, oh, man, like, some of you guys, like, who, um, you could, you could, you might be coming for, like, the first time. Like, I know a lot of you guys here in the center, like, you've been coming for the first time, and you go, like, this God stuff, Ethan, like, he's just, like, some, like, principle, right? Like, he's got, like, some super long ruler he's just going to smack me with, like, if I get out of line. Like, that's not even cool, man. Like, I don't want nothing to do with that. Look, if you, your heart knows that that's not right, okay? But the, the, the cr- crazy thing is that, like, somehow religion has replaced the idea of God from being a father, from being relational, from being loving, from being caring, from actually pursuing you and in, in his effort to see you through to your destiny and have you like succeed and do all these things that he has for you to do. And instead, it's our mindset that goes like, oh man, I want nothing to do with God because if I screw up, he's going he's gonna to nail me. You know what I mean? And in reality, like, so, so automatically, like, your heart says, I don't want nothing to do with that kind of, I don't want anything to do with that kind of a thing. Because you were created for a relationship. Okay, stand up. Come on in here like a sweet huddle of some kind. Sweet, sweet huddle. Yeah, nice. Do they smell? All right, Jubilee's been crushing me tonight. Knocking my, knocking my grind papers down, telling me my armpits stink. Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're connected. They, it's so true. Guys, check it out. Um, Both of these things that we talked about tonight, both of these testimonies, these stories that we heard, they both opened up relationship, right? Lydia and her dad haven't hugged for a long time. Boom, there's forgiveness that comes, and that like it opened up an avenue of relationship. Jillian has an experience with God, and boom, 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 her mom, Emma, and this guy that she knows like have encounters with God just just because she's overwhelmed with the presence of God. All of this stuff is relationally driven. God is a relational God, okay? And if you have a lie in your heart or even like some kind of a thing in your heart that says that that's not true about who he is, it could be unforgiveness, you know? Like there has got to be a king on the throne of your heart. And if it's not God and the actual image of God who for who he really is, a loving father who who will pursue you seek you out and reach out and grab you and save you like give you chance after chance after chance and pursue you even when you feel guilty and ashamed he's going to reveal himself to you so that you know that his love is like unending continual stream and you will not be separated from it no matter what like the bible says no height no depth no width no breadth not even death itself can separate you from this love 
This is the God who I'm talking about. This is the guy who saved me. This is the person I want to know more than anyone. This is the guy I'm like, just come and fill me with your spirit. I want that freedom that I was talking about to just overwhelm us all. It's all like, all because he, he desires relationship with us. And all we have to do is to continually enthrone him in our hearts. And when the devil starts lying to you and he starts pushing shame up onto the throne of your heart, you pull that thing back down. A good way to do that is to praise him. A good way to do that is to worship God. Say, God, you are good. God, you are holy. God, you are perfect, a perfect father. When he starts to push unforgiveness up on your heart, God, why did you take my father from me? God, why did you, why did you, like, why did you, why did you make me the way I am? Why did, why did you have to do things like this? Why did, like, you get hard-hearted and you get unforgiving, and you've got to enthrone the real God back up onto your heart. When you get jealous, you've got to rip that thing down by, by exalting God in your heart. Guys, there's only one king. There's only one king that can be on the throne. And that whole thing, that, that one thing is the key to the extra extra. Is knowing God, being known by him, and having him on first place. Okay? So that's just what we're going to pray. Okay? Um, you can put, like, your arm on somebody's shoulder, and we're just going to do all of this, whatever you want to do. Um, hand on a shoulder, whatever. Because this stuff is all relational, right? Um, Lord, I just pray for every person in here tonight that you would be enthroned in our hearts. Can you say that with me? Say, God, I want you to be on the throne of my heart. God, you are a good God. You're a loving Father. You're full of hope. You're full of peace. You're full of love. And you're full of grace. Anything that says otherwise is lying. It needs to shut its mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.